morning, everyone. Welcome to the Explicit Measures Podcast with Tommy, Seth, and Mike. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Another week. Here we go. Happy Tuesday, John. Happy Tuesday. It is a Tuesday. Here, here we go. Based on comments in the chat already, Mike, you're you're hot out the presses with presentations <laughs> last night. What's going on? Like, My like goodness. Just overloading the schedule. Overloading the schedule. So last night, I did a user group in Atlanta. We did a... Nice. Uh, just I did the the one I've been doing a lot here. I've been very much promoting here is the is the fastest DAX in you know with DAX templates kind of thing. So fastest fastest DAX in the fastest DAX. Yeah, I shoot some DAX measures at you and yeah, yeah. It's a it's I think it's a good presentation and I think honestly this is a the the idea that we can modify a Power BI file PBIX file or you know an XML endpoint with tools. It's a huge. I mean I think it's a that's a big win for us and allows us to create a lot more i don't know user-based tooling i guess it would be it's fun it's a good yeah. good presentation it does some crazy stuff i was looking last night there are 810 810 different quick measure calculations that people have submitted to the microsoft community and we don't have nearly as many we have only have like around you know 60 plus or so but there's a lot of opportunity That's still good yeah 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 Again, I keep thinking like there's like a lot of pa- common patterns that could be done with Dex stuff. Uh, one of the ones I love is doing the stars, turning turning mm. a number one, two, three, four, five into a star rating. One, two, three, four, five stars. It's a lot of lines of code. Uh, you kind of have to know how to write unicars and write which unicar it is and Google it, and it's click, click, boom, done. The measure's there, so it's much easier with the <laughs> click, click, code, 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 click, click, code, code, code. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So now you don't have to worry about it. It's all kind of built into the templates. So very, oh, cool. very fun workshop. Uh, I enjoy it. We'll probably do a couple more of them this year. So. Did they record that or was it just a Teams meeting? It was a Teams meeting, but I believe it was yeah. also recorded. And I think it will show up on their YouTube channel eventually. I've, I've done this talk a number of times. I think I actually have one at our user yeah. group as well. All right. So all right. same kind of thing. Any other Sweet. good news? Good news. Or news hey, in general. Hey, tomorrow, tomorrow, if you haven't signed up yet, tomorrow is the Microsoft Business Applications launch event. Yeah. Correct. So uh, if you're interested in the Power Platform and some of the upcoming things, highly recommend you sign up for that and join the Microsoft team as they do a presentation. It's usually, what was it last year? It's about two hours. Isn't yeah, it? an hour and a half, two hours. Something like that. They they rip across all the Power Platform pieces and... Um, kind of like a status yeah, meeting, so right? Gonna, you know, here's the yeah. current state of the union. Here's what's going on. Here's some um, cool stuff that we're yeah we're bringing bringing will, to the table. They typically announce a couple interesting things that are coming out, so that'll yeah. that'll be fun to see what where they're going with some items. It's like here. the preview before the preview because then they have the actual business summit in May. Mm-hmm. So, but it's always good to see what's going on. See if I can get a link. Yeah, which which kind of leads into the presenter this year. That's true. The gentleman yeah. by the name of Charles Lamana. I'm not familiar, but I'll be interested in seeing what Charles has to say, which makes sense because unfortunately there was a bit of news that hit LinkedIn yesterday. Yeah. And that is dun, 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 James Phillips, the, the guy who gave a lot of fish to a lot of people throughout the years with the Power Platform and Power BI and I think responsible for some of the core big shifts and changes um, that have 
basically made careers for us yeah. um, is leaving Microsoft after I think eight or nine years or something. So, so I'll definitely say James, you know, thank you very much to, yeah. for yeah. your time, your effort. I appreciate your leadership to the, the power platform teams and integration of just that whole software suite. It's I've made an entire career out of working in power BI now. So uh, yeah. it feeds my whole family. So I appreciate your, right. uh, your work there. So I just want to say thank you very much. Yeah. No, I'll say the same thing. And we know how important he is because we did an episode about him. Or if I was James Phillips for a year, none James of us said Phillips, I wouldn't yeah. either. <laughs> this is very true. Yeah. If uh, if he did if he did catch that, he's like, you guys are all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's like five, right? Nine months. Yeah, I can't say. I, I don't know how long he's been there, but obviously long enough to make a huge impact right uh and bring in some fresh ideas so we're uh definitely all benefiting from that and likewise with matt yeah. thank you james for everything you've done yeah uh, and best best of luck in your endeavors just don't go to a competitor so that's where i go i go instantly like i wonder where he's going I just wonder... start your own thing you know do something yeah. off in a different space yeah i i, 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 I those those notes are interesting. You know, it was very well written. You know, kind of thank you for the team, thank you for all the experiences, learned so much, kind of stuff. It was great, and because he didn't really mention where he was going to, which was interesting. So, uh, we'll well, unless kind of... he ended the post with "Now to go to war," then I think we're all. <laughs> so, <are you? laughs> well, well, it's, it's the, yeah, it's a typical transition, especially yeah. with higher level executives, right? Yeah. You, you post that you're you're on the way out, and then you give it some time heal a little bit you right. know like well, there, that's a that's a void man right like you don't you don't have a leader like james leave an organization without some impact so right and um, it's probably been going on for a while it's not like he posted and yeah. then let me oh yeah know. for sure for sure <laughs> well, right. can you imagine he can't give it to he's like i'm done with this <laughs> <laughs> but I, that's it will be interesting for the vision for the power platform for this space with someone else in charge. Like obviously there's more people involved, but there's definitely going to be, I'm I'm assuming some different changes that will be occurring. And it's obviously going to be more long term, but it will be fun how what happens. Yeah. I I mean long long term, right? Like I'm one hundred percent, right? Like they they know their strategy for yeah, you know, it's set a, a long time out yet. Um I think I was doing some internet sleuthing on Charles Lamana, but he's been with Power Platform for a long time. Yep. And a CVP and and tied into the leadership parts of things. So um I wouldn't I wouldn't imagine that there's all of a sudden gonna be some slight deviation of where uh where things are going. There's 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 the Power BI is still going to the service. It's still going on the internet, Tommy. Yeah. Like it's still going. It's, it's not going to change. James, James is gone. Like, I really hope like, yeah, this guy is like, like. I really don't. You're not going to convince cloud. a new guy to stay on prem, Tommy. Yeah. Like so, if, if that's what you're trying to do, I want to find a post by Lamana that says, "I'm not really a cloud guy." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so looking forward to uh, yeah hearing hearing uh, Charles tomorrow and yeah and. Uh, Wish the best for James. I will. I will admit. I have. I have two. Well, so I want to talk to your comment about going to the cloud <laughs> there for a moment, Seth. I'm. I'm very much impressed with what is changing inside these applications for the cloud. Uh, I have a Windows 10 machine on my laptop, and I've been kind of playing around with Windows. Oh, sorry, Windows 11 machine. Sorry, did I say Windows 10? I meant Windows 11. Yeah, you did. I. I have a Windows 11 machine. I upgraded it, and I've been playing with it. 
and there's an app you can go download, which is, I guess it's the Microsoft 365 app. It's just like the, mm -hmm. the office icon and you can click it. And when you do, it allows you to have all the apps, Outlook, Excel, Word, PowerPoint, kind of in like the left-hand nav. And when you click it, it takes you right over to um, Edge. And I, I think it's like an Edge app, basically. It's a mm. you know, Edge app that's on your computer. And so as I'm thinking about all the cloud-based applications, I've been very, again, we're kind of old school. Everything has been usually on my computer, Excel, Word, all these things. And so for that laptop, I was like, I'm going to try it out a little bit. I'm going to see if I can just use just the web applications to do what I need to do. I was very impressed. There is a whole bunch of extra analytics that are happening real time on the website, like your score of your writing. Is it judging your writing based on technical writing or, you know, uh, different formatting options? There's maybe I just haven't been in Word in a long time, but there's a ton more features in just that program. And then Excel is being a lot more like desktop. It's doing a lot more things there. I think this is a great move, honestly. I, I know that Tommy, you can't stand the cloud, uh, and you want it to be all desktop apps every day, every I'm day, all day. I'm fine with it. No, you're not. Don't lie to me. Don't, Don't lie to me. So, I'm getting like I'm really getting to the point where there's enough. There's there seeming to be more and more feature difference between what desktop is able to do and what cloud is able to do, and I'm really enjoying like that transition. So I'm excited to see kind of where they're going to go, where they're going to take it from a Power BI standpoint. This really, I mean, if you think about massive amounts of users, as soon as we can build data models in the cloud, this opens up the world for everyone to use Power BI anywhere. Any machine doesn't really matter. So it levels Even up the plane mode. Mac users. Even those Mac users. I mean, they don't know what data is. There's a lot of companies. You ever use numbers? There's a lot of <laughs> Mac users out there. I know so. there are. I know, I know there are. Well, I, I feel I, like I have to defend myself real quick because you keep putting this is like Seth with his calculated columns, which he totally is in favor of. But I have to say, I was going to, I was going to, Chris Wagner is in our in our chat here. I was he had a post on LinkedIn of like uh, different flavors of mm -hmm. Power BI um, users on LinkedIn last night, and I literally typed out the message like all the flavors need sprinkles of calculated columns <laughs> but i was just like now nah, i'll let it die maybe <laughs> feeding the fire yeah i was so close i was like so close to hitting send but i restrained <laughs> i restrained myself it, it is taken off though so unfortunately thanks chris yeah. no i i mean i am definitely understand the power of cloud the things that i've done with power apps and power automate to transform businesses and processes yep. in in different teams and organizations it's, it's incredible again that being said it's 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 all about the experience for the author like for right. what it can do for the organization is phenomenal i just love the desktop experience but that's it's my own issue i'll yep. just get over so hey i so. i i get it like i'm windows 11 was on my machine this morning which so automatic upgrade and the coolest thing ever is my my chosen theming goes mm. everywhere now so like yeah when same. i when i opened my screen and notepad was black with white text i was like what is this witchcraft <laughs> like this is the coolest thing in the world <laughs> yes like most of my screen now is black instead of white this is right. great uh, for, oh, that's, that's anyway awesome. well, well before yeah. in life <laughs> i know seriously 
all the all the Windows MVPs are like, you guys are such morons. <laughs> like you're so they're, yeah, hey, they're like, easily easily pleased. You know all, what can I say? All these technological advancements, and we're like, it's Whoa, black notepad. It's black and white. <laughs> That has to be the Dark equivalent mode. of calculated columns for the Windows 11. They're like, guys, that's not what you're supposed to do. Um, before we get on the topic, again, real quick, there's a contest going on. And that's we are true. getting really close to 100. We want to keep playing this up because this is a big giveaway. We are. To, for us, 100. it's a big deal. Yes. Yeah. Right. We might wear tuxes. Who knows? Um, nope. We could, no. Nope. Maybe. Do you want to? Um, <laughs> it'd be fun. Seven in the morning. Or we drink. You choose one or the other. <laughs> uh, so, take the day off, I guess. Yeah, well, I think that's a great idea. We should do it together. Do mm. dinner or breakfast or something. I don't anyway. know. Anyways, I'm excited. I'm way too tired. Anyways, so the idea is what we're doing between now and episode 100. Post on Twitter and LinkedIn with the hashtag explicit measures from all the pre previous episodes. Your favorite topic. Yep. Your favorite discussion or your favorite argument that's been had. And what we're going to do is we're going to take everyone's post and we're going to kind of relive a few of those on episode 100 and kind of relive, like, do we still feel those way, uh, feel that way in, in our, in our thought process, kind of relive why that was such a heated argument. So please post on Twitter and LinkedIn, explicit measures, hashtag, and your favorite argument, what we're going to be doing with all that, again, using it on episode 100, and we're going to be doing a huge giveaway on the same day. I think we're giving away five things. Yeah, five. We're going to give so, five, five giveaways. Yeah. So, you know, we'll pick five winners and we'll let you, you know, pick whatever you want from the store and we'll give you a piece of swag from the store. Right. So we're right. excited and about the it. More, the more posts you do, every post or every topic or idea that you put in is a lottery ball. So it's not one per go. user, it's as many per user. Yep. So light them up. Excellent. Next so, week. Yeah, next week. It's got. Man, things are moving very quick. So very excited about that. Thanks, Tommy, for the announcement there. Let's get into our topic for today. What do you say? Um, Love it. Topic for today is around report features for consumers. You know, how important is are those type of features? So uh, kick it off, Tommy. Give us a kind of an intro. Yeah. Where, where are we thinking about this topic? So this is a different take because we've talked about the data application and things you can do for consumer, but everything today is focused solely on things that are in a sense, non-controlled by the author. So it's everything that really lives in the service. Yes, you can do some options, but there's really limited for the author. And this is I really the focus on personal bookmarks, comments, and personalizing visuals, all things that really do live just in the service that you can't edit. You can't really, you know, navigate or modify that story. And the reason why we're talking about these is because one, again, the author can't do a lot with them and it's really meant for the service, but how important are they for that overall experience for a consumer does it change their ability to dive into the data their insights when they said uh, the quality of the report would mm -hmm. that play into it yep and what role should they play like should we be playing them up more or really is that something that is just there and we just live with it and i think that's the framework for today because Again, we can talk about all that we can do, but there's this other part, like what, how much do we give to the report authors or yes. the consumers? Yep. So that's kind of the, the, just the initial idea. So I guess you guys, how often are, yeah, given your guys' own take on personal bookmarks and at least comments, and we can start with those two basic ones. Yeah, I, I'll go with those. And I, 
something I'm finding here, I feel like I'm I'm working out here. I feel like a lot of what we do, and and maybe it's not a miss of requirements, but I feel like a lot of what other reports that we get are um, aligning expectations of what questions you're trying to answer with the report with the, right. the end consumer. Because I feel like a lot of conversations I've been having recently is, well, we want it to look like this. And, and we, we build that. And then people ask other questions because it, it triggers other questions or other information about you know, other lessons they want to learn about the information. And so when they do that, I, the report doesn't always capture all those edge cases of additional questions. So I think it's really aligning. I feel like I'm, I'm doing a lot of work aligning what the expectation of the report is to what we're what the end user or consumers uh, mm -hmm. looking at the report to do. So I don't know. I, I just, I'm spending more time doing like video recordings of, hi, this is the report. Here's how this thing works. These visuals show this kind of information. We're trying to answer this question here, this question here, uh, and then you know clearly explaining what the the output of that would be. No, and I agree. There's some really powerful use cases. I've talked a few times about personal bookmarks on this podcast, and I won't dive into one of the points at right now because I think there's another different part. But I think personal bookmarks and comments alone what they can do and they serve really do different purposes because personal bookmarks is really something again, just for the individual user yep. and playing that up by itself. Uh, again, I've, I haven't had a bad experience sharing or training someone on that where they're like, I don't like this. Yeah. If anything, it goes the other way mm -hmm. where it has been built and like, like uh, into, can you build that into the report? I love my personal bookmark so much. It would be even easier if this was actually built in the report. Uh, and then comments are again, this collaboration side. And we've seen people writing their like quarterly notes on a report, like mentioning other people and saying, Hey, Jim, can you update this? This is what our numbers are for this quarter with a personal bookmark. And there's a really powerful feature there. Like in it's just an effect that again, not controlled by the author and allowing that collaboration. Mm -hmm. That being said, could the experience be a little better? And some of this has gone through training. Like we've sometimes we've tried to hammer this in that it's available, but other times you see more the kind of the same people adapting to it. It's not necessarily like it just is taken off globally. So I'm I'm not I'm not 100 familiar on comments. Does it do the yeah. same thing as PowerPoint where it emails somebody and it says no? Like, hey, yeah, if you mention yeah, them, if you right. add them. So yeah. So this is this is one of those things that I think is is extremely powerful in uh, an ecosystem where people are are touching literally thousands of different things a day, right? You, like mm -hmm. how many different applications are you opening? Right. How many different spots are you, do you, do you have data? Do you store data, et cetera? Where um, adding a comment in a PowerPoint and Mike's like Bleh, PowerPoint, but mm. if you start utilizing your reports in the, in the same way, like um, recently, right? And, and the reason this is so poignant to me is when you're collaboratively engaging with data or in PowerPoint, building a presentation with other people, creating comments and adding them is the point at which you need their attention, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's what's so cool about what's happening within the Power BI ecosystem, not Power BI, <laughs> the Microsoft ecosystem is tying all these pieces together. So if you think about Power BI and Teams, um, yep. integrating with it in other places, PowerPoint, et cetera, like it's the point of action that you can call somebody's attention to 
and then they're in the place where they need to take the action or 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 digest the insight and and that like commenting area like recognizing that in these other areas is probably something as i dive more in internal reporting i would absolutely bring forward to people to recommend use using because it it pings people in in the one place you know they're going to check at least daily right which is email right or rather than if you're a huge teams organization and depending right. on your level you know how like wild that can get right i can get quite noisy <laughs> right? so just as like, well yeah yeah and the problem is is like when you go into a you know a, a teams chat or not a chat but the teams window and you have 30 conversations right it's not that you don't care it's that you're whipping through to try to catch up and unless something is going to grab you or you have mm -hmm. to pay attention to right away Agreed. there's always a conversation that you're going to gloss over your skip right but in these cases where you're getting called out in a specific location now i'm already like i'm being taken to the location i can look at the insight i can give my feedback or i can add my thing and i think that that commenting within power bi is is one of those key pieces that i've just recognized that that i, that I like a lot and i would argue that the common feature in power bi is the most powerful common feature in any business or office application and this is why so unlike any other office application, when you comment, like if you comment on a PowerPoint, it will remember the slide you're on. Like, hey, this comments on this slide. Yep. In Excel, it's that cell. Well, with a Power BI report, when you comment, it basically creates a personal bookmark when you mention someone. It creates a link. So when you say, hey, Jim, take a look at this visual. Does those numbers look like right? And you have, you know, a filter on the year and you've drilled down. It remembers the state of the visual the state of the report what filters were applied and that's available not just on a link but anytime you click on that comment so it is really technical where it's not like hey what were you mentioning it's like this is exactly the filters that i had applied this was exactly where i was at and what visual i was looking at and what the state of that visual was when i mentioned you no other office application gets close to that yeah. And I think that is so, especially when you were trying to share like, Hey, the numbers don't look right. Or like I said, I, I, we thought we'd just use it more for like maybe mentioning us, the authors, but it was really used for teams to check a look at their numbers. Like, Hey, is this account supposed to be associated with you? And going through that because it remembers that actual state, what page you're on, all those different things that no other application comes close to. Yeah. Well, and there's also an interesting thing here too, and I communicate this to users who build reports. When you make a Power BI report, you're looking at, think you can think of it as a very large, wide table of data, right? There's a whole bunch of information in there. And why you build reporting is you're trying to narrow the focus down to a couple rows or a couple mm -hmm. categories, or you're, right. you're, you're taking this large amount of information and you're trying to boil it down to something that is actionable or something I need to discuss. So... What this what bookmarking does, which I, again, to your point, Tommy, that no other tool does at some level, is it allows you to remove distractions and hone in or focus in on that specific insight or thing that you're looking for inside the data. And that that's kind of unique to Power BI at this point. Right. I think a, a, a different way to look at, like typically a lot of our conversations are around the developer, right? Like we're building, we know right. that like everything on the page is hundreds of components and properties, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. But when we, when we're talking about kind of end user engagement, mm -hmm. 
personal bookmarks make a lot of sense, Mike. You know, even I, I thought of you when we were going to generate the topic because you're the lazy engineer. I'm totally right? lazy. It, it's it's the data in the report that's valuable, yes. right? Mm -hmm. And if I'm an end user, like that's where I'm spending my time. I don't care yes. how you built it. Right. Right? I care that the 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 interface gives me all of the options I need to get the information out that I want to. Correct. But what that means is personal bookmarks allow you to streamline your interaction with that data. Mm -hmm. So it, yeah, I, I would I would imagine personal bookmarks are, are wi more widely used in reports where a lot of analysis is done yeah. or or a series of settings on a page or filters are are providing you the snapshots that you need like all on regions, a daily basis to understand. Yeah, like, right? like an all yeah. regions kind of report and like right, I'm a specific right. region. I don't care about everyone else. I need to look at my mm -hmm. right. My data. Huge. Um yeah. Perfect. I'm a manager, yeah. right? Yep. I, I have salespeople. I'm gonna use the same report that everybody else does. I just have elevated RLS report permissions, but I'm gonna have a bookmark for each one of my employees, right? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna see like, okay, overall I have that on the report, and then it's just like boom, boom, boom. Maybe there's a couple settings that I don't like I'm reducing clicks. Yes. Um, you know, per per se. Or I mean, in some respects, I guess you could also use it as, you know, kind of a presentation, right? Like, hey here's a report as we navigate and look at the data in these ways, you know, I, you preset things as opposed to um, generating like all the click throughs every single time, because you might lose the audience. Right. I, would, I would think, I would think they're more useful for just the everyday streamlining of my access to the data. Mm -hmm. I would honestly, as much as I think comments are important, I, I really, think personal bookmarks what role they can play in direct and indirect roles and that's really where i see personal bookmarks and i think training users on this is essential to this on what they can do with it how it can help them and the two reasons again one indirect and one direct direct again allowing them to do exactly what you said where i don't want to drill through every time because this is really what i want to look at this is my bread and butter on this drill through page Create a bookmark for that. You can get to that anytime. Make that your default view. So when you go to the report, your default state has everything pre-configured for you. Right. The other side of it, and again, we've used because with comments, it creates a bookmark in the same sense. But do not underestimate why someone's creating personal bookmarks or creating those comments and what impact that can do for the report or building something off of that. And this is where we've seen the largest impact where we we were meeting with the team we're like, hey, we noticed you had a lot of comments on the details page, like on, on the table. And they're like, yeah, we have to do some things to get our numbers and we have to you know, filter on this and this. And that started a whole conversation with different teams on what if we pre-baked those numbers for you? And we just built off that live data set, a report, and that's, honestly transformed the future like this year for us and what reports we're going to build these roll-up reports these targeted reports it's just taking someone's filters pre-baking them and now it's not just shortcut where it's not a report shortcut it's now building this whole other like it's almost it opened doors in terms of what we can do for that user or that team so i want to i want to make sure yeah. i understand the use case here right you're yeah, yeah. saying end users started using comments which you had access to everyone has by, access by to the report. Them. Yep. Okay. And you were using that as uh, a way in which to 
enhance the reporting solution because these folks either didn't communicate that final need in the beginning well, or or it was an evolution of of you know giving them data right. access well, that yeah. kind of allowed you to go down that path it was a subset of the sales team general mm -hmm. region sales report and then you had it you know kind of thing right and but then you because we everyone wanted the input into the numbers and when we launched it and then one of the teams was trying to get their numbers that was previously unknown it wasn't just like this you know this rep and this country obviously there's always a few yeah. extra yeah. pieces to that We're like and the idea is like we can pre we can literally just pre-bake that into a measure rather than you having to do these filters on this one page and now we have people going, oh, our team wants that. Can we have that? Like we need the same solution where we have all these different visuals. So it, it through just the initial idea, you're thinking it's, oh, this is just a shortcut for them, but it's not because you're not just shortcutting a table of numbers. You're using that filter to create everything else. And it's expanded what they really needed. So to me, it's one of those train them to help us. And that's the indirect way. It's a, it's an interesting and useful use case. It's it's been one of the more I don't want to use the word imperative, but enlightening, essential, influential, essential influenza. No, nope, that doesn't work. Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> tried, but on no, it's honestly been one of the, it's been one of the more impactful. There solutions yeah in yeah, terms of cool. what we've been able to deliver is we had the conversation where people don't know how to ask questions or what they want yep and we said through we've talked about exporting right where I, like the yeah i'm gonna say there's also i feel like there's a lot of trust issue with data things in general right yeah. i don't know how we got to where we are i don't know what this data set looks mm -hmm. like um and again I'm, I'm gonna point at one of the things that we've been talking about here recently is is as you as you bring down the barrier for people to build their own data marts or cubes or whatever that whatever you want to call it, right? I mean, I guess traditionally you would think of a cube being a very large effort from IT to produce this massive thing. Now everyone in the business can create their own data mart or cube. So as you as you bring that barrier down to a lower level, uh, to not you're going to get more of them, right? So right. now it becomes the issue of well, we have you know a hundred, a thousand, uh, so many of these reports and workspaces laying around. What is what, what? What can we trust, and how can I trust it? And I think you, I, I feel like I see a lot in the audience here, is I don't understand the data necessarily. Let me export the raw information so I can do a little bit more of my own analysis to get my feet comfortable and feel, um, feel like I understand the information to some degree. So, I've, how how we continually add more information around where this data came from, how it got there, what calculations we're using, um, I think is going to be more and more important as we build better, you know, larger more data sets because you're, you're going to continually promote uh, things up that pyramids to be more governed uh, yeah. for across the company. And in so many words, it's allowed us to uncover what people have been really asking for or really what they yeah, need. I agree. Um, not asking, but need. So let me ask you guys and propose this. If you had a magic quadrant of these features in terms of essential to the consumer, not essential to the consumer, uh, important to train, not important to train, where would you align the consumer features for your overall, not necessarily for a, a report, but in the scope of your, your team and your organization or your client that you're leading, where are you training this? How important are you pushing this? I'm going to say my lens here is my lens is a lot around new users, 
right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of what I do in consulting is bring on or onboard companies who haven't been using Power BI. So, I, I mean, I have a couple established companies, but um, it, it's a, a bit different, I think, in nature. So I think my feature set around things that I'm using is more around just sharing and getting mm -hmm. comfortable regularly accessing the content, right? So being able to comment on things, I think, is very relevant. I think being able to grab a link or share Power BI reports to other people in the internal organization is kind of what I'm emphasizing right now. But again, I think, Tommy, you're in, you're in a place where Power BI has been around in your organization for a longer period of time. You're now driving more adoption. Those deep, it's like once you understand the basics, how to get to it, how to use it, it then turns into how do I better leverage that information and start, and start finding insightful pieces with this. So I guess for me, how do I stack rank them, right? I'm probably saying, you know, comments are probably first and foremost. And one that I don't think it's on this list that we have is just sharing in general, being able to share right. links directly through Teams, sharing links to, uh, to the Power BI.com experience. And then I would probably place personalized bookmarks as a very high option there as well. It adds a lot of value to the business because you can get into a report and save a state of where you're at because you need to return to that typically. That's what I would kind of point out there, Seth. Anything for you? I find it ironic that we haven't even talked about one of them, which kind of puts that into the uh, the section of importance, I think. But <laughs> you, you're talking about personalized uh, visuals. Yeah, I, yeah. I did want to say that. I feel like that's almost I, it's, which I, is, which is I think I, I, is yeah. here, here's here's my I yeah. like personalized visuals. Can we, yeah, I, but yeah. I don't think I think yes, Tommy. Ahead, Tommy. <laughs> I just I don't think it's. I think it's too hard to make it work from a report author standpoint at this point. There's a lot of mm -hmm. things yeah. you can go. Tommy, well, Tommy has a lot to say here. No, no, no. I, w I wanted to ask before we get to personalized visuals, because okay. I kind of oh. want that's, I feel like that's like a dessert um, oh, with boy. all this, but I wanted to Seth, where do you at least take bookmarks and comments? Where do those in the training side or pushing it? Where do those, where are those? In, in your, like, is it at the lower end? Is it at the higher end? Is it a priority to train? It's, I would say it's mid-level. I mean, to yeah. we, we've, we've talked a lot about what you need to just produce as a developer in the report to, right. to provide end user context and how to engage with it. So I, I, I align with Mike in a, in a brand new org, start with the basics, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And then should you have user training that kind of increases the knowledge of those end users and how they can benefit from interacting with the report? Yeah. yeah. You bring up an interesting one, though, which would kind of pull comments forward for me if you were going to start monitoring the chatter, right? Mm -hmm. And and look at enhancing, using it as an enhancement to the report because that's just going to serve the organization better. Um, yeah, personal bookmarks is going to create more efficiency in certain scenarios. I agree, but it's going to be certain. Like, I don't think every report people are going to go create bookmarks on. So maybe that yeah. that's where it would take yeah. a, a backseat behind comments. Um, but ultimately, it's just you it's know, a, should, there, observation. should should there be a path for you know in allowing users to engage and understand how to work with Power BI in, in the overall office ecosystem? Um, you know, because we haven't even talked about like Mike, you said sharing, but it's like teams, apps, right? Like how can you access these reports is also part of that yeah. 
um, engagement and training and making sure that, hey, I, you don't you don't have to go to the service like here. Let me here's some documentation that shows you how to add it right into Teams. Right. Here's some stuff right. that shows you how to plug it into PowerPoint or whatever the case may be. I think it removes so, the friction for people to kind of discover what's going right. on there. Right. Someone can work on a report and say, here, sales are doing this or sales are doing that. Or I mean, it, it potentially can give you the it has a risk of throwing people information that is out of context, potentially. But I mean, uh, the way you share bookmarks today through like, so when you share things through Teams today, you kind of get a link to the report, you click the link, you kind of go to the report, it still stays inside Teams. But I mean, I can envision a day where you start sharing like, share this visual, and it's like an interactive visual that appears inside like, or, you know, share this page. I mean, right now, and correct me if I'm wrong, when you share something from Power BI, you're not getting an interactive report inside that Teams chat. You're just getting a link to the report to go back to it, correct? Yes and no. I think it depends well, on how you do it. Yeah. You get like a link to you, go to the... You need access to it. True. So you need... Yeah. True. If you, create, if you create an app, though. Right. Right. That opens up the door to all those reports. Mm -hmm. True, true statement. Right. Yes. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to differ... I really like publishing with apps. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say arguing, but I'm going to differ with you guys in terms of where does training for bookmarks and comments go. I, I would argue you can absolutely do this in your basic training. And not only that, I would argue that you should. Uh, it's not a difficult concept. I think it's easier than training drill through. That's for sure. Or even hierarchies. I like, agree. Yeah, you could, it, because it's, it lives on the page. It's easy to see on like a hierarchy. Like, where did my year go? It's like, just go up, go up what? Another conversation. Um, but the idea, though, of empowering or enabling users, consumers from the beginning, I think is huge. This is yeah. not something I say, even for basic. I know you said that, yeah, our organization's pretty advanced, pretty mature with our, our Power BI uh, you know, um, use. But I would, I would argue, even if I was starting off anew, if I was training a consumer, welcome to Power BI. You show them what a report is, and then you show them personal bookmarks and I say, hey, you did a filter. Now you can save that filter. I, I wouldn't disagree that you'd you'd not you'd share it with them. I mean, I, I still think you you definitely explain the features that are, are there. Yeah. But like, what, what are we really focused at when we're talking about new organizations? I'm just trying to get people to like figure sure. out how to build reports. We're not trying to build well, super wide tables. We're sort of trying to understand filter context and measures to okay. some degree. So like your developers. Well, you know, if we're if we're just no, getting our developers to see that. And then people consume like consume it, right? I mean, it's just, it's just, can I get to it? Can I, can I, am I getting the information out that I need? And I still, again, newer users are always looking for that. Well, how do I export all the data? Where's my export to Excel button? Sure. I mean, that's the most, by far, the most requested feature whenever I'm walking into an organization right. and giving them reports because there's, again, I think it's also a part of this, you know, maturity curve where we talk about data, right? So as we, again, we're, we're bringing a brand new tool into people's environments. They're used to getting the data the way they've been traditionally doing it. And the so reason, we're, we're giving them something new. The reason I agree with Mike here is because he's the right. same reason you're, you're, <laughs> I don't think I can roll my eyes you're enough. Sorry. Right, Mike. <laughs> oh. Congratulations on your, your right. job at the power Microsoft, Mike. Right. So, Thanks, James. So I reason... appreciate your new position. <laughs> oh, God. I will highly right, accept uh, the job. I, what's the next BI tool? We're, we're done yeah, here. I'm jumping to table, table. We're done um, here. The, the, the reason I think Mike is right is the same reason, Tommy, I think you're getting engaged in wanting comments and bookmarks to be part of the initial training, right? It's important 
right? So I, yes. you're, the reason I would split it up is, do I think it belongs in the first or like in the second training, right? Or third? Yeah, because you, you, you're taking for granted all of the pieces of the service, mm -hmm. right? And when you're end user training, it's okay. You guys are now interacting with this whole application that you've never seen before. Okay. I'm going to teach you about apps. I'm going to teach you about sharing shared with me, yep. how to operate within the report, how to export data. Like yep. I'm already at 10 things that I'm going to teach you in a single lesson. You're I don't right. want to get, I don't want comments and bookmarks to get lost in there. Yeah. Like okay. once you get the foundation of like, Hey, this is a new ecosystem that you're not familiar with. Then, then the second or third training it is the, now that you know the basics, here's how we can extend this and it gets even cooler, right? Yep, like yep. now you know comments, like you can do things real time, live, right? Like you can ping people, it's gonna email them. You can streamline your work processes with personalized bookmarks. You can engage and embed this stuff or like interact with these reports and teams, you know, that can, those are the things I think after you understand that like, hey, all this is predicated on us publishing to this service, right? This is the landing zone. Here's the basic of the landing zone. Yep. Now I'm going to teach you some really important, cool stuff. That's like the add-ons that enhance this experience. And I think if you try to do that all at the same time, people are going to get lost and forget like the core basics, which I want to like nail in their heads. All right. So let me ask you point blank, both of you. No. What would you... <laughs> Uh, it's a, yeah, it's it's. Okay. I'm actually intrigued. Sorry. It depends. It depends. Yeah, it depends. It depends. What would you rather have users know if they only knew how to do one of these: the bookmarks and comments, or drill through? Bookmarks, comments, or drill through? Personal bookmarks and comments. I probably or drill through. I would probably, I would probably choose again. Thinking about learning curve here, right? Again, we're talking about new users. I'm thinking probably personalized bookmarks and comments just to make sure they can get around and find value from the report regularly. I think drill through is not as discoverable, but I think Microsoft is aware of that and it become, it's becoming more discoverable to users as they use the reports now. So I, I think it's becoming, it's getting better. Um, but that's kind of, I think how I would I'd answer that question. You say it's more essential to the report. Yeah. I mean, if, if I think about I how people, how people initially engage with reports, right? Mm -hmm. You give them a report, they just kind of look at it. And I think the first kind of engagements there are just clicking on some things. And then, you know, just when I show individuals like, hey, look, watch me build this report. I'm, I'm, I'm going to build something here. If you click this, the data on the report changes. And I think that's kind of a new concept in general. That was what really intrigued me about Power BI, or actually back in the day, it was Power View inside Excel. I thought this was incredible because I could build a couple visuals together and I could pare down and filter information by using other visuals. And for me, that was a kind of a big move there. There's not a lot of tools that I was using at the time that could do that. Right. So Seth, per personal bookmarks though. Like personal not... bookmarks, yeah. What's more essential for the user, Seth? What do you think? Personal bookmarks, comments es or drill through? Essential for the user. Which one, yeah. I feel like they're gonna use those for, I think they're gonna use those features more frequently. They'll They're use drill through if the report it. has it, but not every report needs a drill through all the time. Right. Yeah, but personal bookmarks are a time saver. Agreed. Right. It's a click time saver. Yep. Co comments is sharing that knowledge. It, it well interacting that point of action, which I said you know I yep. agree with, and is is something that I engage with. But neither of those can like 
performs the same thing as like drill through like okay. drill through allows me to create an experience that pull like gives them an end user focus on a summary to detail which is what they're doing all the time so i i i like them all i land at drill through okay so i I was gonna. I I was wishing you were gonna say the personal bookmarks and comments, and I, my I was gonna say I find that's fascinating that we built through, but now you've kind of ruined that. But it's still interesting that we we do have the different. That's what opinion. I do. I well, <laughs> that's why we have the podcast because there's no universal answer to this. I mean, people are making is... people are making good reasons for why drill through would be more important, right? Drill through right. is a report level feature. Yeah, it, it works for all right. users in the report. I think it's a great point. Um, you know, it's when you're talking about business intelligence you're trying to get through and, and i will say you know more often than not i'm building let's say you know five out four out of five reports recommend building an overview page versus not <laughs> kind of thing so i mean i do feel like a lot of reports i build there's always there's a lot of information in reports potentially there's a lot of you know detail pages that we need to get to and again back to that analogy of like the large table we have a large table of information inside the cube. We're trying to pare it down to right. something that we want to go do or action off of. And so I, I definitely really think one of the things I beat into the heads of the users that I work with is what are we, what are we building that will take action? Where's the action yeah. that we're going to do on mm. top of this information? Yeah. And I think as I continually push that conversation more and more, I'm actually finding people are kind of like, that's resonating with them. They're like, Oh, well I like, we have 10 things we can put on the page. We can have, you know, these are interesting pieces of information, but which of these are actually actionable? Right. Let's put those on the page. Let's figure out how to take, what is the action I desire for the output of this? I think it really changes people's mindset. And if we're really building like another layer of, you know, peeling back that onion right. of what's really now, useful to users. Now, and I, under, I understand it's an unfair question because they really do serve different purposes. True. But it's still... Thanks, Tommy. I, yeah, no problem. That's what I do. If you so, were on the edge of a cliff and you had drill through on one hand and you had comments and bookmarks on the other, which, ones do, which someone, one do you say? If comments or bookmarks were drowning, there's your philosophy <laughs> for you. So I asked, I got asked that question in philosophy course once, not the comments and bookmarks. Well, since, but... well, since James Phillips is leaving for a day, we're going to be yeah. able to come do another well, James Phillips for a day. When James oh. Phillips comes back for a day, what would we do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what would you do in the last two weeks? <laughs> Well, <laughs> I do find it so Make premium $5. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> premium capacity, they pay you. So All pro users um, are now $5. Actually, believe great. it. So, sorry. I'm total side note on that one. Were you guys watching Twitter at all during April Fool's? Like, during no. that day? Oh, it was on Goodness. fire. Yeah. I, did, I yeah. did read a, a LinkedIn post Oh, th this morning. That oh. was three days old. because there was I, a, was I forget his reply. name. Dude, there was a ton. His name. There was yeah, there was really a, there good was, stuff. It was a great post where it was like all the throw away all the Power BI visuals. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. Like every Power BI report should just be tables and matrixes. <laughs> and it was just like this whole Only, list of yeah. just like Power BI promotes some, calculated columns for all free Bull, users. I should have I should have run a blog with that. Well, oh and, my gosh, I it was hilarious. Yeah, and there, there was another one. Uh, someone had posted a picture. I think someone I can't remember the name. I'm, I apologize if you if you did it. There was an image coming out with, "Hey, I just installed the April desktop." There's all pie charts in the <laughs> in the filter pane. We're like, what the heck? Why did it just give me all pie charts in the in the no, visual? I was like, awesome. and then I was like, oh my gosh, that's a really serious bug. And then I was like, oh wait a minute, it's April first. 
Harper got me. Yeah. That was well, good. His name is Raymond Boone, and his seventh one was, if you must include totals, be sure to only use implicit measures. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I seriously started yeah, writing, place, and I yeah. went, this guy's an idiot. And it was like, <laughs> oh, and I read everything else. Went, oh. You're like, oh, I'm the idiot. Oh, dang it. <laughs> got me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's phenomenal. Well, sorry. Rega- Total no, no, random I, thought on that one. Yeah. April, April 5th, everyone. We'll make yeah. a new one. <laughs> we're, we're slightly delayed. We're late, a little late. <laughs> it's, it's so intriguing, though, that it still took us time to think about both use cases. We we're like, okay, obviously, it's not a clear cut. Like, I've, I, I agree. Drill through is probably when well designed, the, predator, the better use case. But I think my argument's really going to be I really think comments and bookmarks are propellant to build better drill throughs so and well i'm gonna throw in another propellant in here into this mix here uh, one that we did not talk about and this is maybe maybe this is not what you users, users can do to report but analyze in excel i think that's a feature that as opposed to so as opposed to click the ellipsis yeah. download the data right so i i feel like people always want to have that some sort of feature into their you know it's technically yeah. not a feature of the report like Tommy, like you're thinking like personal comments yeah, or bookmarks. Yeah, yeah. But that is, I mean, if there is one thing I teach everyone from day one right away, or even if I demo the tool to people who might want to use it, this is a feature I highlight. And I think Microsoft right. is really investing in the experience of connecting Excel to data models and making that whole experience a lot better. So I'm actually really excited to see where that's yeah. going to continue to go because I think Microsoft is really taking the um, the effort here to say, the models, the cubes that you can produce across the company, whether small ones or large governed ones, they're going to add an immense amount of value the more the tools you can add to connect to, touch those things, and enhance your reporting. So I'll throw another mix, one in the mix here. I think analyzing Excel is probably, you know, one of the first things I teach, teach newer yeah. users. I, I, I think that deserves its own episode. You can also do that on the web, too. Yeah. Yeah, but I know Mike and I agree. Where, where, where were you going to go with propellant? Sorry, I didn't personal bookmark. I stole your propellant. Right. No, no, no. You're, you're okay. propelling yeah. users to what? No, I think that, like I said, that the bookmarks and comments when utilized correctly, and the more the it's one of those like feed or like you train someone how to fish. The more you teach people how to do them, the more insights that the developer gets on the activity and what people are actually doing in a report which kind of goes into the cycle of, oh, this is what they really want, or this is what they're trying to do. We can build up something off for that. And then you have that conversation with them going, hey, I noticed you have all these comments around this, or um, you know, they're telling me they have all these bookmarks. Well, why do you have that? And then that actually starts really, I think the best reports I've built by far, and the ones that have been most widely used and celebrated and other people asking for have directly come from conversations about comments and bookmarks what people so what are doing it, what is what's intriguing to me about you using these features to aid in development yeah they're not for is, the consumers they're for me <laughs> that's yeah i mean that's why you're ranking them high right so i i guess the the question i have is do your end users have paths to provide that feedback to you already and they just don't use it or do they not have those paths? I, I think it goes back to it's very different to act than to say something where when you ask someone, what are you trying to do in the report? They're going to say something very different than what you actually see them doing, where it's that ability to communicate 
or that ability to really, you know, manifest what they're trying, what they need, where they can say, yeah, we need Joe's numbers, right? Or we need Jim's numbers in the report and we, we need our sales numbers. But when you see them doing the same thing in a comment every week or every month, and then you start going, hey, you know, you're doing all these filters. Well, what are you trying? What are you doing with this? Right. Why are you always mentioning your manager on this? Like, what is that end goal? And then they explain that it is almost like one of those. You don't realize what you're doing until you actually say it out loud. It's interesting because like what I would that that takes that takes comments in a different direction mm -hmm. where I would almost then teach it, teach comments in two different ways. One would be here's how you interact with each other. Mm -hmm. um, but mm. when you're in the report, here's the action space to call us out, right? Like, hey, yeah, I, I want to do this. That's actually, yeah. Like, I want, like, what I'm trying to do here every single time, Tommy, is, you know, something that this report doesn't allow me to do. And, and because to me, those are two different things, but you're just monitoring, right? right. But if you taught people that it's like, we, you don't have to go through this other area. You don't have to like take yourself out of this action space. It's just, there's a comment right next to the visual you're already looking at when you're already pissed off because it doesn't do this one thing. Just type it in there and right. at me. Right. I, and, I, yeah. I can see that as useful. And honestly, it's not even when they're frustrated. It's just they just start their own process. And you see people creating processes within the report. Mike, I think that's the same thing with Analyze yeah. in Excel. Like there's, they're probably not just, mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of use cases where they're doing the one-off in oh, Analyze totally. in Excel. But I'm sure there's a lot of times they're doing the same process. And yes. then you start going, well, okay, you're doing this one-off. Well, what are you doing with that? It's like, oh, I need to provide this for X, Y, and Z. It's like, yep. And then you immediately go, yeah, well, we can why don't we yeah. build that into the thing? So yeah, I, I feel like that's that's that is a common problem I'm looking at, or or mm -hmm. I'm working with a lot of organizations where it's how do you identify where the value add is longer term, right? So right. you know, if I and this is where I think you know the needs of the many and the needs of the few are very hard to balance those, right? Because another philosophical class I had. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, you have you have a, a user who's doing mm -hmm. a very specific thing with their data. And they need to do it this way. This is the way they've an analyzed it. So that's why part of the reason why Analyze Excel or Export to Excel exists, right? I have this existing format. I need to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm adding value. So the rest of the organization may not find that same level of value, but I do. Like, that's what I'm doing on my my needs. So, right. like, how do you meet that specific need as well as, okay, we need the needs of the many, like we're talking about sales goals and sales right. numbers, right? There's corporate level objectives that are coming down and we need to provide reporting around what's everyone working on? How are we, yeah. how are we marching towards our end of the fiscal year goals? Because someone set, uh, you know, a, a, bar, a benchmark that we need to go hit. So I, I feel like there's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of balancing act that's going on here. And I, you know, I think Harvey gives you the flexibility to allow people to answer their specific questions, but then also to build, Right. governed things that answer lots of questions. The The challenge though for me is how do you build that process so that way when people build their own things, Tommy, to your point, right? I've done this little process. I've made this little export. Great. How do, how do you evaluate how much value that adds and when do you you know, spend the time, the money, the effort to build that into a bigger process? When do you come back and groom that information back into the governed process? part of the models. I don't know. And maybe that's, it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation. It's maybe a process that you put in place, but um, yeah, there's, there's something there to that that has to continually mature, I guess. Maybe, maybe this is yeah, where I would look, lean on like the analytics, right? So, 
something that's been a challenge for us, I, I guess, I think in general in Power BI is the, the amount of governing that happens, right? When you have data models that are ex out in the wild being used by customers, how do we know how they're being used? What's going on, right? If I could have uh, a simple report, like, a, you, know, you know, when we look at the report analytics, if I could say, here's 100 users, 50 of them are all exporting to Excel, and here's what they're doing with that data. Right, I mean, there's there's a, a lot of great analytics in the back end, but you have to really kind of go dig for it and build some capabilities in your team to be able to go use them. Why not expose more of that at mm -hmm. the front end? You know, inside log analytics, they're able to analyze every single query that goes against that cube. Why I think not what's pull, interesting. pull out the distribution of all, the, these are all the columns and the measures that are used most frequently, right? Yeah, but this is the other side of that conversation, Mike, right? True. Where, like, I think we land a lot in this, even myself, and I'm probably the worst offender, in like, <laughs> well, well, this is how people should do it. Right? And it's like, not always true. But, yeah. but, but yeah. the same thing that you're talking about, right? All of the log metrics, understanding like what's happening in the ecosystem to the yep. point where it's like everybody, like 80% of the people who touch this report. Export, export to Excel. That's a potential problem. But yep. I think what's interesting to me is this other side where is comments the insight that adds the reasoning behind why everybody is exporting right, right. and if mm -hmm. if i can dovetail it or if people are using comments enough and i have indicators on the back end of thing of things i don't want to see in my system like everybody exporting to excel then maybe that's where it's worthwhile to Ooh. dive into the report and look at comments because it's like, can I analyze and understand why people are doing that all the time based on how people are directly, you know, discussing things within, you know, the report to each other. But that still requires, Tommy, you forcing people to do that in that zone. Right. But I think it's just a part of giving meaning behind some of the behaviors that we see that we may not want to see when people are interacting with the reports. And we've talked about in the past too, it's it, the, the journey of an exported data set or the journey of exported data. Where does that live? We even had, we, I considered turning off exporting altogether in some of my reports and then pushing people to use comments for their, you know, to look at the data. You know, and, and maybe that's the, that's the place where you start at, right? I mean, so one of the features I think you potentially begin with, right, is by default, Export or the ellipsis maybe should be turned off by default and only allow a certain set of tables or a certain narrowed window information to be exported. I mean, why would you ever want to export a card? <laughs> there's, well, there's another thing in this conversation, yeah. Mike, that you said earlier. I'm going to drop it in the last minute here, okay. right? Which yep. is I'm, I'm, putting, I'm starting to think about, like, we've talked about how do you – a generic report. It's got, you know, the summary, the in-between, and then some detail. But maybe we need another page, which is – you know, uber granular. Like it, it here's the top hundred rows. I'm not gonna show you everything, mm -hmm. but here's 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 the data behind the scenes, and here's the other table of like data that's not gonna show up because of whatever business rule or reason. Ooh. And like maybe it's the I'm provide I'm trying to give you the end user the comfort to understand that this is the data behind this report because I, I feel like I feel I hate that phrase. What I'm seeing in our conversations and with end users and implementations, and we've been doing this for a long time, why do people export to Excel? Because they want to see the data. Because for some reason, the raw data gives people comfort and they can do something with it. But if we're like, maybe that's the last step. Here, here's the data. 
you can use filters. You can see that it's the same data that you would use in export to Excel. Give you comfort, right? Now go look at the report because you we've set the baseline that whenever you're interacting with these reports, set the filter, filters applied, go back to the summary page. Same filters applied. Yep. Right? Potentially. And maybe yeah. that's maybe that's like the last piece of team. I don't know. But it is still the same struggle with like when well, what, what me, is what well, is let me throw some else out here. Yeah. I like that idea. And one feature that I think that is underused at this point is on the ellipsis, and it's not as very not as clear as I think it should be. You can view any visual as a table. Unless it's uh, using an explicit measure, though. Well, it, it calculates the explicit measure. No. Any, yeah, if any... you if you want to see the raw data when you do that, if you use an ex explicit measure, you oh, can't do that. Oh, I know what you're saying. No, it aggregates it. It aggregates it, but that's what, yeah, yeah, but that's yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. saying. Like, I don't want to see every record that makes up. Like, so I'm what I'm saying oh, yeah, is yeah. every visual is a table underneath the hood somewhere, right? So I'm just saying, like, you know, I've seen this bar chart. I want to see the actual data that that does that. I mean, I think that's an underused feature in general. You should be able to use the show show visual as table. That should be more prevalent, I think. So, anyways, Man, so I, I, I'm a little, I, you know, I honestly thought this was a one episode conversation. But oh boy, clear, clearly it's not. So, because I think you're diving into a lot, the that other side of this where it's not just about the consumer experience. It's kind of going back to trust. It's kind of going back to trying to dive in. What are they doing with it? Like, yes, the audit log does a great job of yes. showing you some of the information, but I think to your guys' point, it's not really showing you what exported. They're showing you the report that they exported yep. and what date they did it, but they're not showing you, Hey, these are the columns and correct. And I, I think that's the stuff that we need to start focusing. So, that's the kind of stuff I think you want to focus on because at some point you start right. letting people say, well, we're going to focus on these other aspects. Anyways, I'll but say that's, Oh, go ahead. But that, but that's where I'm saying like, and I just come in and chat too. like, this is a point I've started to make a lot as well. I I'm, there's a huge difference between data access and meaningful reporting. I agree. And with I that. think we, we blur this too much and because power BI is not a data dump tool. Tabular models don't want to, nor do they support really well dumping out volumes of data to Excel. If your end users need access to data, paginate it yep. or some other method for them to like yep. gain access. And maybe that has to be part of the solution. With There's a misconception report. there. Yeah. You can like maybe in the Power BI report, we just say, hey, if you want to dump out data, you can go to this location or right. here's a link to this report where yep. you can just access the data, the raw data. That's not what you're going to find here. Yes. And I, I, I'm honestly, I, I'm going to argue more and more that they're just exporting because they don't trust the data because we've been uncovering roots. And I really think any export becomes like, there's just like, it's not like you're doing your spring cleaning in your yard and you just look under that rock and then the whole other ecosystem sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And where we're seeing people create processes where they're creating their own reports off of Power BI report through because of the yeah, I don't I don't want I don't want to I know we don't have to that. go into that but <laughs> but that but again it's undiscovered like there's no way to in a sense track anyway that's a, that is a different conversation but I think we the three of us deserve or not deserve but this conversation deserves to dive in at another date on the advanced we'll call the advanced consumer features which is analyzed in Excel and and I think we didn't even get the personalized visuals which I 
think there's a conversation there. Yeah, a bigger. We might have to go know, into like just uh, there's probably a single conversation around what are personalized visuals and then yeah, how, how would we seriously. want to use and leverage them. I think they're a good idea. I think they're too hard to work with right now. And to, I, from a yeah. creator standpoint, I don't think people may like them if I if I created them. But I don't think I, I'm I'm not thinking as a report developer like, oh man, this would be great if I just let people customize this visual. I don't know if right. I'm thinking that initially right away out, out, of, it, out of the box. Yeah. But it's crazy because you can create a bookmark or a comment off of a uh, personalized visual. Mm -hmm. So if you want, and when you think of the potential, like the, the, the theory, and I think the reality right now, personalized visuals is probably the conversation in itself. And I think analyzing Excel changes the game that I'm, a, I'm actually yeah. amazed. We haven't had a conversation on yet. You're dead on. What? We haven't had a conversation on analyzing Excel. No. What the heck? Maybe. <laughs> All right. Episode All right. 100. We're changing it. It's going to now be analyze <laughs> in Excel. Episode 100. <laughs> That's hilarious. We are. We man. I I could talk to you guys forever, but unfortunately, I, I have a job. Well, work. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I actually, yeah, I actually have to get my wheel replaced because I blow a tire nine miles away on a lovely Sunday day, and now I have to get that done right. Actually, yeah. Your so, bike tire? Yeah. Oh, boy. That was no fun. Not anyways. fun at all. No. Well, anyways, we've done it again. We've burned through a full hour of ramblings around Power BI. I hope you found some value from this. Our only ask as you uh, engage with our podcast is, you know, if you liked it, if you found some value from it, please share it with somebody else. Uh, and, you know, by the way, we're running the we're running the um, free giveaway uh, that's coming up this on episode 100. So if you want to get some free swag as well. So please... Promote the podcast. Say what you liked, what episode you enjoyed. Promote it on LinkedIn or Twitter with the hashtag of uh, explicit measures, and we'll enter you in the drawing. Tommy, where else can you find the podcast? You can find the podcast anywhere it's available. Make sure to subscribe on Apple and Spotify or anywhere podcasts are available. If you do, leave us a rating, five-star rating. helps us out a ton. If you want to join the conversation live, you can do so every Tuesday and Thursday, 7.30 in the morning, a.m. Central. Follow Power BI Tips. And Mike, the contest. Yes. Don't forget about the contest. <laughs> <laughs> if you're just joining us, there's a contest. Follow, listen to the beginning. Exactly right. We'll see you all around on the interwebs. Thank you very much for listening and or showing up online uh, to talk with us. We appreciate you all very much. Have a great week. Thank you.